in a pod your mum's favorite duo back in the studio again what are you saying Andy? i'm good man i'm good how are you i'm good this man. mic is at an, at an awkward height i'm just deep in bro you know yeah. i almost said that uh, your mum's favorite studio this mic is at an awkward height i'm having to like you know, <laughs> bad jokes right now bro because the thing is when i put it up here it was it was proper high so i tried to angle it down but mm. i thought i would be like talking up mm. into it like that but it doesn't, it doesn't go any higher, so... <laughs> it doesn't just, go any higher. I don't, I don't know how to make Might it go higher. hold that, bro. I'm just holding it like this. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a sec. How was it? I was, um... How was Milan? The Milan was jokes, bro. Milan was jokes. I told you, it's just me and Dwayne, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a mad romantic place to go with your boy. <laughs> <laughs> mad romantic place to go with your boy. Oh, At least it was a Valentine's Day with you. Remember when Shiji and Niroj went to Budapest? Oh, <laughs> Valentine's. Valentine's. Valentine's weekend. <laughs> no, we went to the George Smith concert for Valentine's, bro. Yeah, but we <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man. We're changing, we're changing the game, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah. Valentine's is the day for the lads now. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, Milan was calm. Yeah, yeah, Milan was nice, man. Like, um, fairly relaxing. Like, <laughs> we went to a spa. Oh yeah, you said, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the nicest spot, man. Such a nice spot. Uh, went to like Lake Como, which is like is that in Milan? Yeah, no, it's just outside, just okay. outside. Okay. That's where people get married and stuff. They have weddings. Oh, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people are just looking out like, oh. Did you see the the, the snap? Uh, I think I put it on my Insta. Play like Frank Ocean or um, I was playing uh Masego. Yeah, 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 Masego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't know that was Lake Como. That's Lake Como, bro. That was Lake Como. That was peg. And we went to a club as well. Clubs in Milan are cool. Only thing with clubs in Milan, yeah, them they seem mad risky. Like, so we went into this club. It was like a nice club. Yeah. Paid like around thirty euros for entry. So it wasn't cheap. Yeah. It wasn't cheap at all. They didn't search us, bro. Oh, sorry. They didn't search us. They didn't ask for ID either. They didn't ask for ID. And they didn't search us. And I only clocked like after yeah, I was in the club. Yeah, <laughs> bro, oh my god. Do you know how many people in Italy thought I was Arab? Like, I swear. <laughs> bro, remember when you met my grandma? She said you look like you're from Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> no, she said like Afghanistan or something. Oh, sorry, so like you're Afghani. Like, so I was, I was, I remember I was sitting at like a cafe or cafe, sorry, yeah. in, um, in Como. Yeah. And the guy like comes up to, um, to like take our order and he looks at me, he's like, Uman? He's like, Egypt? <laughs> Jordan? <laughs> Who like when they meet someone just starts. Bro, that is reeling, so weird. Reeling off countries until, until, you get, until you get the right one. I was like, nah, mate, nah. He's like, where? I'm like, Trinidad. Days like, mm, I walked away. And the day's like, he does not he know. Doesn't know. <laughs> he's, he's never heard of that. 
They thought we were both Arab, bro. I remember we went to, <laughs> we went to like a sandwich place, yeah. like on the first day we were there, and we're like looking at the menu, and then the guy's like showing it to us. He's like, "Oh, this section, you, you guys can't have this one, right?" Oh, we were like, "Yeah," <laughs> but we obviously we both eat pork, so so I was like, "But why? What's wrong with this section?" He's like, "He said, no, no, it's not possible to order these ones today." That not no pork, right? I was thinking. Nah. Nah, nah, big man. <laughs> Even though technically, like, I shouldn't eat pork oh, yeah, based on being be. a Jew. Oh, but, right. yeah. but, um. You're not one of them Jews. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 a non pork eater. But yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, bro, that holiday was. was good. It was very yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I need a holiday too. I mean, obviously, I'm doing Ghana on Christmas. Like, because my, my sister's going to Ghana on Saturday for two months. And um, it's funny because like when when they booked her flights and stuff, like had I known that um, I still wouldn't have a job now, I would have gone as well. But I kind of assumed that I would have found something by now. Mm. So I'm kind of like, damn. Because I'm, I'm deep in here. This country is just shit. From October to February in particular. Yeah. In general, this country is dead. But like March to September is alright. Like, it's, 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 it's December, December as well is okay. December as well, because you got like Christmas. I haven't done December in years, man. Oh, uh, you're missing the only good month of winter. Really? It's winter wonderland, bro. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, Take yeah, a babe, yeah, you know, yeah, have fun. Yeah. Then you got like South Bank, which is like. What happens South Bro, South Bank's really nice at um, Christmas time. They have like all the all the stands up. Oh, okay. So you okay. can get like mold wine, you can get like hot chocolates, okay. you can get like churros. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's peg. Ice skating. Ice skating. I love ice skating. I feel, I feel like in the past life, I was like the biggest girl. Because I'm sick, you know. I'm actually sick. You know what? <laughs> it's not very related. I mean, ice skating dates are less common. But that me, you know that meme I sent, yeah, of the bowling thing? Oh, yeah. So I'm not too good at bowling. <laughs> you must be on home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <you go> on <laughs> <laughs> There's certain activities that I've just never done, like without a girl like okay like ice skating like ice skating for me i haven't actually gone ice skating just for just for fun okay because i don't really like skating bro why you just feel like not balanced though. yeah man it's just i'm not on the floor like <laughs> <laughs> i'm not stable <laughs> my feet are not touching solid yeah, ground yeah, no, so i've never really been a big fan no i really enjoy ice skating. it's funny actually like, so this time last year Maybe a bit later, but you know they have the ice skating rink at the Natural History Museum, mm. which is obviously like a five minute walk from the office. So um, I planned like a Felix social to go ice skating. Um, and then on the day, no one wanted to back it. And I was like, you man, I'm going ice skating. Yeah. So, so I rolled on my ones. Like, well, not on my ones because other people like from the union were going. I had to go with them and I never planned to go with them. Mm. So I had to like... I basically just did my own thing for an hour on the on the ice rink, just on my ones, and it was sick, man. It's probably relaxing, like just going around and see. Maybe for you, because you're good. For me, that's not a relaxing experience, oh, you bro. Feel like you're gonna fall. Yeah, yeah man. I'm just mad shaky, yeah. trying to hold on to people, bro. <laughs> fair enough, man. Fair enough. I remember. Did you ever go to um, that place in Vauxhall, the rollerblading thing, like disco rollerblading? No, nah, my sister went the other day actually. Swear, I does that still exist? Yeah, I don't know if, if it's in Vauxhall, but there's a roller disco oh, thing. Because that was the move back in the day. Like, so many people had their birthday parties there. I've done like rollerblading birthday parties, but I don't know yeah. if it was a roller disco type of thing. Yeah. Because this remember. one is a bit it's a bit different. I think it's like aimed at like our age. 
kind of things. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I remember I went there with a girl. Yeah. Well, no, not with a girl. I was rollerblading with a girl. Yeah. These were back in college times, yeah. yeah. And like, she like did the maddest like split. She like completely uh, fell. <laughs> and it was like, whilst we were like linked together. So I was there like, don't take me down with you. And then I was like, I was cussing her for bare long afterwards yeah. about the incident. Apparently, she damaged her ligaments. Like, what were you saying? Fam, that made the incident even funnier. I don't care, bro. <laughs> <laughs> if I saw her today, I would still laugh at that. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, we're doing an event. Yeah. Um, big one. A big one, yeah. Like, you know what's crazy? I hadn't really thought of it as like our event until like recently. Then I was like, this is like our first. It's almost like a live podcast. If you think yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Because we're doing what we would do on a podcast. So yeah. I'm going to count it as that. It's a live podcast event, which is sick because it's the first time we're doing that. Um, and yeah, like, basically, so it's, what, it's on Saturday, half six until half nine, or until about nine. Uh, it's at Imperial. Uh, and it's part of their like Black History Month thing as well because they're doing this is the first year they're doing it. It's like a um a Black History Month offering the union. This is the first time the union's doing playing on a series of events of events for Black History Month. Um, and yeah, I thought it would be it would be a dope opportunity to do something for Black History Month and also to mark the official release of uh, a magazine which we produced last year when I was working there uh, just before I ended uh, just before I finished working there. Uh, producing a magazine called What Do You Call It, um, where we did, we celebrate grime and black British music, and sort of, um, I guess, have like a wider, um, I guess, a wider discussion about like how black British music, or how how music has impacted impacted um, black British culture, and how grime in particular, because I guess grime is probably. Um, you could argue it's like the biggest black British cultural export mm. um, in the world. So I thought, well, I mean, yeah, there's an argument for that. So I thought it would be a good opportunity to um, discuss that. We did that in the magazine. And uh, with the event, we're going to have, you know, a panel of people discussing that, followed by performances and stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm proper excited. I'm, I'm kind of nervous. I'm getting, like, the closer it gets, like, the, the more nervous I'm getting. Bro, the, the thing is, I don't even know how it's going to go. You know that one's just like... <laughs> it's going to be sick. Like, everyone I've told that, oh, this is going to be sick. So It should be live. It should be live. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm not... Like, it's going to be sick. I'm, just, I'm not letting, like, any negative thoughts come in my mind, in it. But, um... Yeah, it's going to be sick. It's going to be sick. It's going to be sick. But, um... No, I just don't... I mean, I don't know how it's going to go as in, like... I've never done something like that before. Yeah. As in, like, I've spoken to, to groups of people before. But I've never had a conversation with people in front of a group of people. I've never done that either, yeah. So it's, it's an interesting calm. one, isn't it? It's an interesting it's one. It's calm. Like, they're there to watch. So <laughs> it's, not like, it's not like they're going to be sitting sat there like, oh, why are these men chatting? <laughs> That's why you came to the event. So, but yeah, um, yeah, I thought, I thought for this episode it would be good for us to uh, decide the questions we're going <laughs> to ask. Or well, we can discuss the questions we're going to ask. Yeah, we should, yeah because, let's discuss um, it. So almost to give you lot a... a behind the scenes into how we came up with the question. Mm. Anyway, so the way the event is going to go is, obviously doors open half six, we've got MM, DJing, 
and be spinning some grime, some black British music and stuff, and UK stuff, um, for about half an hour as people, you know, get settled and stuff. Um, then we're gonna start. Oh, I didn't tell you! Ife, I don't know, you, you met her, I think, but Iowendi's friend is presenting the event. I forgot to tell you. I'll swear? Yeah, so she's gonna present and stuff, uh, which is sick, which is proper bubbly and everything. And then we're just gonna do the uh, the panel, which kind of takes a lot of weight off our shoulders. Oh, then it's the, yeah. It's a lot more calm. It's, it's you know, yeah, us. I can I can relax a bit because. Are you gonna introduce the magazine though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's gonna you know she's gonna host the event basically. Mm-hmm. Um, then she'll call. I guess she'll call me up. I'll be like, give a quick intro about the magazine. Um, <coughs> discuss you know how the magazine came about, like how I had the idea for it. Um, the different influences that are in the magazine stuff like that uh so we're going to discuss all that um and then we'll kick off the the uh kick off the the panel um and you know we'll see how things go from there like for the panel should be about 40 45 minutes of room for q a everything you right whose playlist is this um i made it time you know and i made this one uh you know when shiji came on um like in, it must have been like our sixth or seventh episode, so like two years ago. You made this playlist. Yeah, um, remember when we chatted UK, but his mic was off the whole time. Oh. <laughs> did you put all these songs on this? It was a mix that like, we all did. Because I used to listen to this song a lot. I just wondered like, it might have been you that and I'm thinking like this big H song is there. I'm thinking it might have been you. I must have put this one on. <laughs> no, we did it as like a collab thing. Okay, okay, no, okay, okay. We don't. Remember. Bro, it was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, but yeah, like uh, um, bro, what was I doing? Yeah, sorry, man. I, can't, I got completely distracted. <laughs> um, the magazine, how it oh, came yeah, about. Oh yeah, and um, well, I mean, so basically, the way, the way, um, the thing that kind of sparked that idea in my mind was: Do you remember back in first year, Joe Alcadi on our course? Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he um, because obviously he loves music as well. But he's not, he didn't grow up in London, so well he didn't grow up in the UK, <coughs> so he doesn't really know much about the UK scene. But he likes what he hears, and he was asking me like, "Oh, what is like, what's the UK scene?" And I was like, "Bro, that's a mad question. <laughs> yeah, is is difficult to to um, is there is there's not like a one word answer for it or like a a quick answer to yeah, yeah, what's yeah. the UK scene and stuff. There's so many different types of music coming out of the UK right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I was like. And it kind of sparked the idea in my mind, like to to um, to do an event or to try to do a magazine where it kind of charts the history of it to an extent. So um, starting from Grime, obviously that was Black British music before that, but I think Grime is the one that that stuck um, till now and stuff. So discussing that and um, that was kind of like the the idea behind the magazine and talk about the influences and stuff like that. Talking about questions, yeah. yeah. I feel there's an int- there's an interesting question of does like does all black British music come under grime? Like is grime another just another way to say black British music now? Because I know obviously it was originally just like a genre, yeah, right. but now like there's a lot of artists that yeah. are not doing grime yeah. or called grime artists. Yeah. Um. So I in the magazine I made it like an, a point not to use it as an umbrella term to mm. refer to just black British music, I would say grime and black British music. Mm. Because um, although <coughs> although I'd say and I mentioned this in the thing as well, I'd say a lot of them you could say are almost like offshoots of grime. Like 
subsidiaries or whatever yeah. you want to call it like yeah like genres that were birthed like through grime mm. um you're right like a lot of it is just not grime so <coughs> to call to call them grime kind of does grime a disservice you think because i there's so there's one uh book by this guy i can't remember his name it's like about grime it's like breaking down grime's history um by like chapter by chapter each chapter is one song oh really um yeah so That's he's it. like discussing different songs and like how they impact how they impact grime like what they mean in terms of like uk culture london yeah, culture yeah, the yeah. time that it was released etc so not all grime songs like he has like some um <coughs> he has like some dancehall tunes in there as well from like just talking about the origins yeah i think he has like some jungle as well but um i mean we mentioned jungle in the magazine too yeah 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 we did but I, I, it's just that like so in his eyes everything like all of these every like everyone would be a grime artist like as in Krypton Conan like he talks about the don't waste my time song that's one of his chapters but he refers to them as grime artists See, whereas I would refer to them more as rap yeah, artists yeah definitely I mean they don't like make grime music they have done like grime tunes before mm. but they don't make grime music um I would say when it really depends because you can use the terms interchangeably when you're talking about like grime culture, which is almost like London culture to an extent. Yeah, I think that's so like you can the you way can I was use, yeah, yeah you can use it interchangeably because if someone says a grime grime artist or like, like say someone says grime rapper Dave, like obviously if you listen to grime, you know Dave doesn't make grime. He has made grime tunes before, mm. but he doesn't his music. If you listen to his album, it's primarily not grime. He doesn't mm. make grime music, but. He's part of the culture, if you want to call it that. Mm. So it's like it really depends if in that guy's magazine, whether he's trying to um, distinguish between. He's actually saying like grime MC as in somebody that you know spits on one forty BPM. Yeah, no, he's not talking about grime <coughs> MCs, but he's talking about grime. Yeah. As a, I guess as a culture. Yeah. I guess as a culture. But you're right. That's definitely a good. Um, that's definitely a good uh, question mm. to to ask him. Um, but yeah, I mean, so the way I wanted to break it down during the event was to <laughs> was to break it down through just like as the magazine is broken down. So obviously the first thing I wrote an editorial like what is grime. Mm. So I'm gonna ask them like I've I've asked them what is grime or ask them what does grime mean to you or like like which music mean to you kind of thing. So um, just getting their perspectives on what they think about like just just so that because obviously before you start a discussion about something you kind of have to define what you're talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. so just to make sure everyone's on the same page so <coughs> I want to start with that um, and then uh, what's that? we did like the history of crime I guess any question you can ask about that to Politics of grime, right? Yeah, that was later on. Oh yeah, so we did the history of grime, and then we broke down, broke it down into the major influences of like the current scene. So like, obviously, garage influenced grime. Um, you you know what's mad? Have you read um, what's that book? The one with like the it's like black hardback book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the picture on the front is the is dizzy. Uh, yeah, Stormzy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know how many grime artists don't credit garage for? Um, really? The birth of grime. Yeah, mm. like a lot of them say, no, it's not garage. I mean, it definitely isn't isn't garage. No, as in like it's not garage that like led to grime. Oh, they, they credit like jungle more. Yeah, they I say mean, it's we, like, we spoke about jungle too. They, they, like they say that it's it was like 
Because when did Garage become big? Like, when did Garage start becoming? He was like, um, it was like 1999 to 2002 kind of thing, when it was proper popping. That's when, like, um, I wrote it down. That's when uh, Artful Dodger and Craig David got, got a number two in the UK charts in 99 with Rewind. That's the Garage team. Mm. Um, it was around that time, like late 90s, early 2000s. Because yeah. I think there's a few, there's quite a few grime artists who were like garage. We made grime like, as in when we were making grime, it was going against garage. Like that's true as well. Yeah. wasn't wasn't based on yeah. Because a lot of it, a lot of it was when when they started like when they made grime, or when grime started like was born. It was garage DJs wouldn't or garage DJs and stuff. Garage events wouldn't want MCs in there mm. and stuff. So it was like almost. In, in protest to that, that a lot of grime came about, I think. But I mean, the way I see it, like, obviously there's different, you with something like a genre of music, you can't just create like one place that it's Yeah, started. no, no, 100%. I mean, it's not like you can just like turn it on and be like, this is grime, like. Yeah, 100%. Um, <laughs> I just find it interesting that like, there's so many grime artists who are like, nah, nah, nah. Yeah, yeah No credit garage with, with, this, with yeah. this. I mean, I think, I think, um, does Wiley credit Garage? Because Wiley, Wiley's like Esky beat kind of thing, right at the start, like 2002, 2003 times. It's like, for me, that's that's when it's like, it's very clear there's a difference here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People yeah, started yeah. going with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, does he credit Garage? I don't know. I, that's I'd why I called him Tommy Yeah, I'd have to read the, the book again, but I can't remember. I don't think he did. I don't think he was. Mm. I mean, that book itself was like kind of just trash in garage a bit but but um well, the book is there like, are some artists that like i know that chip has a few lines where he's like it's the same culture garage and grime he's the same same culture same culture mm-hmm. not 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 same music but yeah. same culture but i've just heard like <coughs> that's sen- the sentiment from a lot of people that yeah. they're very different and yeah. that gra- garage didn't influence grime which i'm not saying is true um it's just interesting to to hear that said a lot. Yeah, fair enough, man. I mean, we could definitely get into that. Mm. We could de- get into that and chat about it and see what, what they have to say. One thing about the panel, like, I wanted quite a diverse like range of um, range of opinions and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we've got uh, obviously Memzi, who's a rapper, um, Oliver, comedian. Um, I shouted him because uh, I saw he did he did a, a comedy set. Like, I think he was at um, Edinburgh. Fringe Festival or something, he did a set where he was like, um, he was just talking about how, basically how like the culture has been commoditized, but he was making jokes about it. But that was another question I wanted to ask about as well. UK? UK or like black culture, he was talking specifically about UK and I think he mentioned hip hop as well, but he was talking about how he's been commoditized and remember you brought up how uh, Nike's making Black History Month much or whatever. No, black culture has been commoditized. Nike pissed me off, yeah, because like after that England match, I'm sure they put out something like re-promoting their Black History Month T-shirts again. Oh, well, after the the racist. Yeah, thing, yeah, racist something match. about like we stand together or something like that. I was just copper, like, copper shirt. <laughs> <laughs> we stand together, buy, buy, buy some merch. Thinking, fuck off, Nike. Like this is not the time or the place for you to be like promoting your merch. Yeah, but, I mean, they're smart though. 
Yeah. I mean, this whole thing, like the Nike thing, um, people were originally saying it from the Colin Kaepernick advert. Yeah, I remember. People yeah, were saying yeah, it yeah, from yeah. that, yeah. which that one wasn't as blatant to me. I think for me with that one, I was like, because he's getting a check from it. Yeah. So I was like, fair enough, the guy deserves a check. Yeah. But no one's getting a check from this. So I feel kind of differently about this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, 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 wait. No, black coach has been commoditized for sure. I don't know about Brian. So the thing is, I kind of want to, I don't want the event to be too focused on Graham, even mm. though the magazine is heavily focused on Graham. I want it to be more, which is why we put in Black History Month, because um, the way I see it, Graham and Black British music or whatever is, is a, bit, a big part of um, Black British culture. And, yeah. and it's like, if you're going to talk about Black British culture, being you can talk about Black culture being commoditized without focusing on, on Graham. Okay, then yeah, you, also can, you well. can definitely say that black culture has been commoditized. Whole like fashion sense of yeah. Europe is based on black culture. Yeah. Like whole, the whole street fashion yeah, sense, yeah, exactly. the whole street fashion or whatever or it is. Urban. And it, like that's another thing that I was going to bring up as well. Like, because um, I don't really like when they call black music urban. Like, um, I can understand why they'll call it urban in certain places because like the word black seems to have some sort of negative connotation to it. Um, but when when you do that, you kind of um, I don't know how to explain. When you when you call it urban and put it as like an umbrella term urban, you kind of make it that oh like it's it's a cool thing to be urban and it's like mm. without actually looking at what is being discussed and what you know what I mean. If yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. I, if I'm get, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's like urban is seen as like sort of modern. It's seen as sort of cool, right? Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Like. It's like it's like an urban district yeah, or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. it's kind of like new, cool, and it's, it's just it opens up for. I think it opens it up further for like outsiders, I guess, if you want to call it that, to like commoditize the culture because it's like, all right, people see this thing as this thing is cool and edgy. Let's make t-shirts with all this stuff yeah, and sell it, or you know what I mean? Rather yeah. than actually seeing, and I don't know, it's a difficult one, especially with the Nike thing, because it's like it's a bit like the point I I, I made when we discussed the Colin Kaepernick deal ages ago it was like it's Nike you know, the, their job isn't to like fight for social action their job is to make money by selling shoes and t-shirts and stuff yeah but then if you if you're capitalising of social action you're putting yourself in a position where it's like now you seem to be saying that you want to be held accountable for this stuff do you think so? I mean because if they're capitalising on it I think there's just them they're capitalising on it because um they see an opportunity to make money. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's what it is. But I'm just saying, if you're going to put, like, Colin Kaepernick as, like, the face of a campaign, then you are now involved. Like, you can't just now say, like, no, 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 that's no, like, we just, this is not our concern. Like, if something now pops up with regards to, like, police brutality in America and, and Nike are silent, then I'm like... But they have been silent because there's been police brutality in America since Colin Kaepernick signed. It's not like they tweet something every time. There you go then. That's like. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Is it? Is a weird one. I mean, no. I understand what you're saying. Like, as in, I'm sure they didn't do it because they were feeling 
I don't like social activists. I'm sure they did it because they wanted to sell t-shirts and shoes and whatever else they wanted to sell. But I'm just saying, you can't just from from a moral standpoint, you can't really just use it to sell and then say like that now we're done with that. Like that's no longer our concern. I I do get what you mean, but then like you said, from a moral standpoint, it's like. Alright, so what, what I'm saying is they is they should, is they shouldn't do it, and like I think they should be held accountable for things related to it in the future if you if you're gonna use it. Okay, yeah, no, I So if Nike released like a Black History T-shirt and then a week later there's like racist chants at an England football match, then Nike should be coming out with a statement, no? I mean, I don't know if they if they have done that or not, but like in my no, mind. They didn't even come out with a statement, statement though. They just like I just saw the advert re of it. <laughs> so like Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, it's a funny one. We'll discuss it on the on the thing. Because mm. oh yeah, I was saying who who else was on the panel there's uh Lemzy, uh all of the comedian, um JB, who's um he's been on the show before, he's uh Sam Lynch's key release. Um and uh this girl called Izzin, she's a she's a journalist. There's one thing as well, like even if you're talking just like music, the culture, whatever you want to call it, it's not just the artists that are in it, like it's the the consumers as well, the commentators, all that kind of stuff. So it's like getting their opinion of them. Yeah. And um Nere, who's a presenter, I met her at um Strawberries and Cream, she's she's on the panel as well. So getting like a cool range of opinions. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, different input from people like involved in different like because we've got two people that are actually artists in it. And then I guess the other three you could say are like uh, involved in it and but primarily are consumers of it and we're consumers of it. So yeah. getting getting um, their opinion. Range of opinions, yeah. So um but yeah we could we'll discuss we'll, we'll discuss um jungle, garage, those, to me those are the two major influences. Ah uh, yeah, jungle. I mean there's a lot like electronic music in general. Yeah. And like Caribbean music as well. Yeah, dance or Actually, maybe not not just Caribbean music, but even just Caribbean culture in general. Like, um, what you guys wrote about, like how, um, even if you look at the slang and stuff, how um, how much like that's why, isn't it? So that the sound system culture, exactly as that well. too. Yeah. Uh, the clashing culture. Yeah, yeah. That's all coming next year on Caribbean and stuff. So uh, we'll discuss that. Um, and I included a bit about Afrobeats because um, I'd say there's a heavy influence in the current scene. Yeah, yeah, there definitely to, is. To do with uh, Afrobeats. There definitely um, is. So we got a bit about um, talking about just how like Afrobeats right now, and then also they did a, like a distinction between um, there were an article of a distinction between like um, Afrobeat, which is um, the original like fellow Kuti uh, influenced style of music and uh, Afrobeats or Afrofusion whatever you want to call it which is more like the modern thing now mm. which I didn't I didn't even realize there's a distinction which is like kind of goes to that point that like um, if you're gonna um, be an active consumer of it like it's important to sort of not do the history like it's not like they expect you to read a History book about Afrobeats every time you listen to a song, but like mm. to understand where the influences come from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, then it's a whole it's a whole thing of like because you have you have casual casual listeners, you have like music 
connoisseurs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have, but I feel like in between there are people who would consider themselves part of a culture, but they wouldn't like go back and do the history. Yeah, and it's not, I mean, you don't have to. No, no one's saying you have to, but um, I think it's more like, I think the point that they were making, I can't remember what the article said, but I think the point that they were making is that for the people that are like actively in like sort of musicians, even like podcast like podcasters, people that comment on it a lot uh, or make that type of music, they should make it a point to educate their fan base mm. or, or um, make it a point to just mention, to show appreciation to the influences mm. that have come before. So that was, that was an interesting thing we can chat about that. Um, we had a bit about the, the link between hip hop and UK gram. Um, yeah, that's an interesting. Yeah, because a lot of people, it's, it's been um, like it's been mistaken that like grime is is like hip hop with a UK accent basically. Especially in America, that's a lot, a lot of people don't see that grime is a genre in itself. It doesn't have the same influences as hip hop at all. Um, the but, uh yeah 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 no that's hundred like, percent. Yeah, a lot of people see it as like if someone's rapping on a beat, then it's hip hop, which isn't the case. So um, discussing that. But there is some like I do. There must that there, there, there is some inspiration taken from hip hop. As in, like I feel yeah, like we, yeah, we mentioned that. Yeah. I feel like um, at this point, the two seem to be overlapping a lot more. Like there's elements of like maybe not exactly grime, but black British music in general that are definitely being taken by US hip hop. Really, like what? Just the the move towards like flowing. On more Afrobeat style of, oh, okay, of tunes, okay, okay, yeah, no, more like okay, yeah. yeah, and also like I mean, I would, US, I, US rappers have always been able to rap double time. Yeah, but like I remember there was that one. There's that Rick Ross song that came out in 2016 or something, which is basically a Section Boys tune. Like, I don't know if you remember that song. Oh, yeah, 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 it's yeah, literally yeah. a Section Boys tune. Oh, what's it called? I can't remember that song. But it is a yeah, sexual no, no, scene, right? Like. So, I don't know, man. I, it sounded I, like Trapping Ain't Dead. Yeah, it yeah, sounded yeah. exactly like Trapping Ain't Dead. What project did you drop in 2016? Did you drop one in 2016? Oh, I don't know. No, 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 it was a project. It was not a project. Oh, wait, no, it was a Ferg project with the Rick Ross feature. Oh, it's, it's an ASAP Ferg song. It's an ASAP Ferg song. Oh, on Always Driving Prospect. Yeah, yeah, it's an ASAP yeah, yeah, Ferg yeah, yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, it's not her. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot what that song was but whole ASAP, that's a The whole of ASAP Mob has like always taken some UK European influence. Even if you're not just talking about like music, just in their fashion sense as well. Yeah, that's from the UK. Is uh, partly it's from New York, like, but definitely like these guys do take elements from the UK as well. Hundred percent. I mean, they definitely. What 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 do you mean? I see like that they always show love to the UK, especially ASAP. Like Rocky used to live in London. Like, he had a, a place in London. Yo, is Rihanna still living in London, by the way? Because the, the video she posted the other day, uh, no, that's not London. Yeah, she's somewhere. Sunny. She might be on holiday though. Yeah. I didn't see her at Carnival. I'm still upset about that. So upset. I don't think she went to Carnival. I might she, have to go she to the Barbados or something. Actually, yeah, she's always at that one. Would that be a bit mad if I went all the way to Barbados just on the off chance of seeing Just see Rihanna? Wouldn't it be that? No, you know I wouldn't say Joe Wood think it should be. 
Rihanna. The Sainsbury's and St. John's Wood. Like, the, the Sainsbury's. She had a Sainsbury's bag in her in her place. That's how people knew. Oh swear. Yeah, yeah. Wait, is, I did my research. <laughs> wait, is that what people were saying? That's why she's in. That's how they. As in, that's that's like what confirmed that she's in the UK because she had a Sainsbury's bag in the back of like one of her pictures or videos or something. You know, there's a lot of US artists that like just randomly come to the UK for a bit of time and just live here. Really. Yeah, like Frank Ocean was living here for some time. Really? Jay Z was even living in London for some time. Oh, that was time ago. Yeah, time ago, was, time ago. That was, time like, ago. That was like 03. <laughs> no, that was even longer back than that, bro. That was when he still had the fade, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Man had hair. But, like, there's a lot of artists that just come out here for a yeah. bit. It's, it's wavy. I thought between, between March and September, it's wavy. Yeah, I'm telling you, December. Is that one month of light in a period of darkness? I prefer December in Ghana. <laughs> I might, I might, yeah, I might. I don't December. know. I never spent December in a warm place. Actually, I don't know. How you know, I, I never used to like it because I was so used to having having Christmas in the cold place. And to be fair, Christmas Christmas in Ghana is just not the same as it was here. Just because, and it feels it, it's, it always feels, feels weird singing carols and stuff like, and it's hot. Yeah. But, yeah. Um. Oh wait, I did Christmas in India last year. I was in a hot place. That was a weird Christmas, bro. <laughs> it was a strange Christmas, man. <laughs> it was just really weird, like, because obviously it's not even a, a Christian country, so it's not like yeah, it's a big holiday. Yeah. We had to like search for ages to find somewhere that was doing like a Christmas um, brunch. Okay. Um, and then we went there. It was nice, like they had good food, uh, they had music and stuff. But then, like afterwards, we went to like. A swimming pool and then <laughs> had like drinks and stuff in the heat, just blasting music, which is just so un, just unnatural yeah, to me. Like, so, or, uh, like yeah, strange on that. I think I got a, a snap on. I think I took a post on my Instagram from that time. There was like me walking like across a pool. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Got to do one, you know. Yeah. Had the waves at that time. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> what were we saying again? Oh yeah, about about um, the link between hip hop and uh, UK music. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, with, with artists like Drake, Kanye, when he came over, uh, we talked about his, his um, when he came over to perform at the Brits and brought out like everything we've seen. Yeah. Um, so was that there was uh, Drake and his Section Boy show uh, when he came out of the Section Boy show. Yeah. So we discussed like basically where thing bits where because obviously like. I think even though Graham has not been inf- directly influenced by hip hop in the same way it has by like Garage or John or stuff like that, like you can definitely see that there are some influences, especially when we yeah, if you look as, at hip hop as the prominent black um, music form or even art form, if you want to call it that. Mm. But if you look at hip hop as the prominent black um, art form in America, then uh, as a parallel, Graham would be that in the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, the thing is, to be fair, right? Like, if you grow up in London, you will listen to hip hop. Yeah. So, if you're talking about, if you're talking about um, the people who are making music now, like the younger generation at least, who they would have grown up on both grime and hip hop. Yeah. So, like, it's not. It's impossible that that you wouldn't have influenced their music at all. 
Of course, it would have influenced the music. It's, it's impossible to like divorce the two, like separate the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so I remember there's an there was an interview with Jay Huss like um, after he released his first album, and he was talking about like how a lot of those tunes on there were more inspired by like 50 Cent style rap really than um, like obviously he was still inspired by UK stuff as well but he was saying like yeah that like my favourite artist growing up like 50 Cent etc um, and a lot of the a lot of the songs that I made on the album like, take a little bit from that um, but I think his album yeah is one of the clearest ones where you could just see like a blend of different, different just different genres like we kind of that is kind of like what I would say is like someone who who has grown up in the UK, like that it's is like the London sound. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. It's like it's got dancehall, you got Afrobeats, you got like grind, you got like hip hop, a proper melting pot. Yeah, which is which yeah. is basically what we're what we're trying to celebrate with the magazine. Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we discuss discuss that. Um, discuss. Uh, I did like a little, a little two-page thing about the history of um, hip hop, hip hop's relationship with black, the Black Power movement. I don't know if we want to like focus on that because it's like a lot of people don't know about it. So about what the Black Power movement or about the history, yeah, or about like, the interlinking of the two. Yeah, and it's like mm. it, it might it might lose people if we're just discussing something that no one knows about. Yeah. Spoke about oh yeah in the magazine we've got a bunch of interviews with um, uh, female artists and DJs and stuff that um, I met when I went to Struggles and Cream uh, and asking them about what they think about um, I guess operating in an industry that is like so male dominated mm. in the sense that um, all the A and are men you know like not all of them but like record label heads that kind of stuff they're all like men um, so what it's like being a woman in that industry. Um, so yeah, we can ask them, ask them about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the the one I think it'll be interesting to get into this one, maybe not too deeply, but about um, Graham's relationship with politics. Mm. Um, I think it's, I don't know because I don't want to start chatting about politics too much because personally I don't know that much about politics to be posting about <laughs> on, on politics, but um, discussing Graham's relationship with politics. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like definitely in some co- co- in some context, like it's a political genre. Just just not in terms of what people are saying, but in terms of the origins of the genre itself. I think also in terms of what people are saying. In t- but I'm saying not everyone is saying like political things, right? But that's the thing. Like, do you call like somebody voicing their unrest like about anything? Is a form of political activism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was talking. So they might not be talking about a policy or anything like that, but if they're talking. No, if you're talking about like if you if you're telling stories about how you grew up or like what you see in your life, etc., etc., that's political. Not everyone's doing that. Yeah. Like. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, no, no, no. There's definitely a lot, a lot of political content in mm-hmm. Grime. But if you just like the drum, like the drum was born. Partly out of unrest, like yeah, so, was, yeah. so out of people who were wanting to rebel against yeah. like the, the system that they felt was like not yeah, yeah not not working for them. Yeah. So yeah, you you can't like separate it from politics. I don't think yeah. like it will always be political. And definitely, like even just the essence of Graham in the sense of like the aggression behind um, behind Graham and stuff. That's all born out of. 
people it's a bit like when when they talk about the um the, the like drill debate whether drill should be banned or whatever mm-hmm. should be censored mm-hmm. and they always say like these are people talking about like their lived experience so it's like um you can't you can't censor life yeah exactly you can't silence them this is their out, outlet talking about their lived experience so yeah. if you if you were to make their lived experience better then they wouldn't make music as violent or you know what I mean? yeah, so, yeah yeah so um uh it's a, it's a bit similar like growing people discussing like talking about where where they so the, the what is said in grime is all born out of like where the people grew up and that kind of stuff so it's like um that in itself is political even yeah if what they're talking about isn't yeah yeah that's true no, that is true but yeah i think that that would be an interesting um thing to us i'm trying to think of like how to actually phrase these questions because i can't do like a 10 minute ramble would be like yes we must <laughs> yeah but i guess i guess okay, this week i can, can think, think about to phrase the question yeah we'll come up with some precise yeah. some precise gems yeah and then obviously like like what we we're talking about the whole um use of the term urban to sort of mm. as an umbrella term um we can ask them about that because i i asked um a bunch of people that when I went to Strawberries and Cream, like Miss Banks, and people like that, like just talking about um, what they think about the fact that it's black music, but it's not owned by black people. If that means. I don't know if you can how you how you can even say like ownership of a culture or ownership of a genre, but in in, in, talking, in regards to urban or in regards well, to even if you want to call it urban music, black music, whatever you want to call it, like. When I say it's not owned by us, I mean the people that make the most money off of the music that we we make is like all the record labels are owned by white people, you know that that kind of stuff. So that I think that would be an interesting thing to discuss because it's like they they've taken ownership. Well, if you want to call it like financial ownership, but they've taken ownership in that sense. I mean, yeah, they have. The- it's the same as in, uh, with hip hop as well in America. The thing is, yeah, because there was that thing that Wiley put out about these should be the, the yeah, UK yeah, record yeah. labels as well, right? He put that thing out. But my thing was always, did we we discuss that? No. Yeah, we did. Yeah. My thing was always like, it's so difficult because ideally you would want that, like you would tell people that's what we should be trying to get to, but you're you you're also like. Telling people to take a pay cut. I think it's it's less like Wiley's thing is a bit of an extreme because it's basically telling people to be independent or to to start their own record labels and stuff. Whereas it, I think it's more that there should be it should be the case that um, there's more of a space for black ownership in UK music. If we're, if we're talking just UK, like in, I'm talking in general, like if you include hip hop as well, like there should be more space for black ownership. So the biggest labels shouldn't be, or all the labels that everyone assigned to shouldn't be all white well, labels um, when it's our music. I mean, but there's, there's only two, I don't know, in my head, there's only two ways to do it, right? Either you like convince the boards of these record labels to hire like more diverse, yeah, more, more, more black people as as like in in leadership positions um which if they were going to do that then those people would need to have like a proven track record because otherwise just they're just not going to do it and like i mean i'm sure there are people with that track record but like 
it's going to be harder to get them all into those positions. And even if they are in those positions, it's still like a white-owned business. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> the, the music industry is not going to suddenly become um, black-owned overnight. Yeah. The other way would be for people to start their own labels, which is independence, right? Mm. And then take all the artists that are making music and like take them towards those labels. Eventually, those will then grow to be... But, yeah, right. but it, it will take some time, do you know what I mean? So you would have to take a pay cut. Mm. Yeah. Which you could convince some people to do. I just don't think you can convince I mean, yeah, all people yeah, to do. Yeah. And like, I don't know, man. I, I can't blame people for saying... No to a pay cut. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, I can't blame. I can't blame them. That's that's their no, problem. I think that's the thing as well. I think it's, it's. I think what I meant was with Wiley's thing. It's like you're putting the um, the onus on the artists or the black people in the thing, mm. whereas it, sh- it shouldn't be looked at as. And which is a similar thing because it's like you're saying to them like, oh, you should take a pay cut to do this, mm. and that's not what it should be. So you're saying that people should that there should be more people in high positions in the music yeah, industry in who are like yeah and, and like just just getting people, getting people's opinions on it. Um, I think Ola Ola will have a good um, like something good to say about it because he I'm trying to remember what his comedy set was. It was um, oh, I can't remember. I think it was like I think he was talking about like coming to America or something. And there was it was an event. It was a similar thing. There was like a panel discussing hip hop. And yeah, there were no black people on the panel. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that just doesn't and make he, any sense. And then he was talking about that, something like that. And I, I, um, that just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like. and it was it was funny. And then obviously, like, like hip hop is like I said, it's like a black art form, but it's, it's like it's it's inclusive. So like, white people make hip hop music. White people like work in hip hop. That many stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like, like you said, it doesn't make sense for the, the, a panel to have no black people. Yeah, but the thing is, something like that can happen, and it's a similar thing about how. Remember when Ed Sheeran got voted um, the most influential uh, black music artist or <laughs> urban music artist? Well, Not black, but brother, it happened. It was in. Um, I think this is the start of Wiley and his beef. You know, honestly, because I think he got. Uh, it was when the Mobos were making their thing. He won like best male like at the moment so music of black origin. Mm-hmm. He won like best male artist of the year or something like that. He was up against like Skepta, Stormzy, or I can't remember who he was up against, but he won it. Um, and he won something else. Whereas it's like the most influential thing. And then this is what Wiley would say is like, how can a man who t- was influenced by us be heralded as our influence? When? Mm. And it's like, things like that can only occur when you do things like refer to the genre as urban and almost like erase the fact, the black part of it um, and try and make it like, oh, it's cool and trendy. Then that's when you, the credit doesn't go where the credit's due, because people forget that you know why why he was doing it since like three. So say say you switch it to black music though, like say you don't call it urban, and you call it black music. Ed Sheeran can make black music, right? Yeah. That doesn't mean so then can he win an award for it? That's the thing as well. Like I think he can win an award for it. I don't think there's anything wrong with him winning an award for it, but. There's certain awards that it just shouldn't go to him. Like the best art. He can win a MOBO though. Like you can win a MOBO. I think most influential artist is a bit. That's a bit mad. You know what I mean? When is that? Then I'm like, you can't be the most. You just you physically can't be the most influential. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's um, but it's an interesting one. I, I think it would be cool if we get get other opinion on it. As well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely. There was oh yeah, I agree with that thing with all the like 
the best art, the best MCs from each area. Mm. Um, so you can chat about that. Um, oh yeah, and this is all. I saw an interesting tweet the other day. Um, what was it? Oh yeah, so the tweet says, I really wish the discourse around the cement ceiling for black artists in British arts and media, or London if we're being specific, would advance beyond black people in the UK, London. Don't want to see you succeed and everyone in the US loves us. Um, and I think, yeah, like, the reason I thought that was interesting was because, so we mentioned about um, basically the state of the UK music scene right now and talking about how artists like LMA had to leave the UK and go to America for a bit, fight to blow, and actually got Grammys or whatever. Um, and basically just the fact that there's a lot of artists that are showing more love in um, the States. In the States or just outside of the UK, like they, mm. they and I mean, Whisper spoke about it when we had him on. It's like in the UK, he sees it that like if artists, if you don't fit into like a certain box, like oh you're grime or you're this or you're that, then it's like they don't really know where to put you, how to market you, kind of thing. So then you kind of just get brushed aside, mm. which I think is it'll be interesting to get people's opinion and see what they think because um, I do think it's definitely like the case that there's a lot of artists that get a lot more love. In the, like if, if we talk just mainly the US because that's that's really the, the big market for our music outside of the UK. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of artists that get a lot more love there than um, and like what do they think that's because of things like like, that? like who though? Because LMA gets a lot of love over here. Are we talking about getting love or are we talking about breaking out? Because I mean now that she's successful, people she gets love here now. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's a mixture of both. Um, there's no, there's not really any big UK artists. I can't think of any that have like a bigger fan base over there than they do, or don't have a fan base here, and only have a fan base there. I can't think of any, but it's more, it's like, why is it so? It's a bit like um, oh, what's that guy? Because we're not just talking just music. Um, what's Damson Idris? He's a yeah, he's I, an saw actor. That. I saw that. And he yeah. was saying that like over here, he was told that like recently he was told that he, I can't remember what he was told, but basically I've seen like nah. The the acting scene is is different though, because like the act like the British acting scene is so white. Like all of the all of the shows that come out <laughs> <laughs> are like revol- revolving around white. Yeah, like white people, white men. Yeah, like we do so many like period dramas from yeah. like the 1900s and stuff. Bro, I saw they're doing one. I think it's called Queen Caroline or Princess Caroline or something like that. And it's um, Helen Mirren. And I'm like, I've seen this poster so many times because she did it for Queen Victoria. I swear, she did it for Queen Elizabeth. She's done it for Anne Boleyn. She she's been like every monarch or like yeah yeah yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like they just put a different crown on her head and she's. Smart, bro. Like so many period dramas, so many like countryside like mysteries and stuff like that. that. Stuff. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I don't know, but the thing is, it does that like seems like there's no space for like black black British actors. Yeah. Like black British actors definitely seem to have to go to the US yeah. in order to become successful because exactly. they just get typecast here. Yeah. As like there's only certain roles that they I can think play. There's, there's parallels with, with the music as well. I know there's definitely parallels. I, I just think that it. It's not as like you could definitely become successful as a like black British music artist, yeah. And you probably have less chance of doing that if you're like a black British actor. Oh yeah, definitely. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's not that many black British actors, like the really successful ones, who 
who um I can't really think of any other than people uh, that have been in top four and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean the what is I cannot say the the, the guy's name. The one who's in Twelve Years a Slave, he did do a lot. Oh, of, yeah, he did yeah, do a yeah, lot yeah, of um, like yeah, British yeah, movies yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, okay. That's that guy. Yeah, yeah, that's the guy. He did a lot of British movies. I was about to say Chuck up The politician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he, he did do. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But he's like one of the only ones that I've seen that went that route. Most yeah. of them, and even him, like when he became big, is when he went to the US, right? Interest was big here, right? Because he was in Lutha before he went. No, to no, no. Interest no. first thing he did was the wire. Was that the first thing he it did? It was the first thing he did before Lutha. Bro, when I tell you, yeah, Lutha only came out like 2011. Why he came out really? like 2003? There's an interview where he's like he moved to the states and was living in like a caravan for like a number of months, just going to auditions. Because yeah, he couldn't get like work in the UK. Yeah, no, I think it would be definitely interesting to get people views. But yeah, also I think that they, they do like typecast UK artists as well. It's a bit like what what um, Stormzy said in that um, Sounds of Scheme that you man like you man just like bend it too much, you man love the Americans too much, like. Was it, that I wasn't related to that though. But it is, he's got a point that like people love off the American kind of thing. I think maybe maybe that it's more. Yeah, you're right. That that bar's not directly related to that, but it's also. Like, but I, I didn't understand that bar either, though. To be fair, yeah, yeah. I, fr- I I was like I'm more in line with with Giggs's response where Giggs was Giggs was like I grew up listening. He said I grew up listening to American. No, someone was like at Giggs. So someone, Stormzy said it, and then someone was like at gigs needs to, to hear this or something like that. Anyway, and then gigs res- gigs responded like, um, I mean, I grew up listening to US artists. Yeah. It's not why do you, like I don't understand why I wouldn't like wanna, yeah. So and that's kind of me as well. Like I don't see it as a problem. Um, I don't know. I I would just see like it's it's. Maybe if you don't have respect for Black British culture yeah, as well, if you, don't, if you don't, if you don't show any appreciation for the music we have here, then. But also, it's not really a problem because like, like the music you want to like, you know, like listen to what you want to listen to. I think it's more that like, um, I don't know. I like is when I was when I interviewed, I think it was Big Tobes at, at um, Strawberries and Cream, hmm. and he was saying that like, some of these American artists just don't rate man. Like though, he'll do a tune with them. Um, you tell them that oh, it's coming out here, blah blah blah. They'll do no promo for it, nothing. It's like, bro, why did you agree to do the tune and you're not even gonna? Have it? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a different thing. Yeah, then you're loving off the Americans yeah, too much. Yeah, but they're not. them it, just it, sun you. Bro. It happens all the time, though. It happens all the time, and I think it's an interesting, it's an important thing to to do. Like, it'll be interesting to discuss it. Yeah, 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 yeah it will be. Yeah. And then, also talking about um, UK R and B because um, there's so many like. UK R&B singers that um, are coming through. Like, so we included on this, we had, uh, is it Nao or Nao, whatever? I don't know how to pronounce it. I always forget. Say, I think say it's Nao. Nao, Cleo Soul, Sinead Hornet, Tiana Major 9, Hamza, uh, Amalu, Etta Bond, Joy Crooks, Sam Henshaw. Like, there's, there's so many people that like, um, I don't know if you can call it like an underground UK R&B scene, because they're not really underground, but yeah. they're not like, yeah. Sorry, Bro, you know, um, randomly, they really uh, like playing Joy Crooks in India. Really? Yeah. Is it because she's from Bangladesh? 
I mean, I thought about that as well, but the, the, them countries, like, two they countries are not exactly, <laughs> like, not boys. boys. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Bro, I, I, I can't, I can't explain that one to you, man. Maybe you're labelled. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, but no, no I'll be down to discuss some UK R&B. Yeah. That's for sure. And I guess maybe even talk about, like, so, because you've got right, LMA and George Smith are probably the two biggest, um, UK R&B singers that I can think of right now. Mm, yeah. As of right now. Yeah. Um, who did we mention? Yeah, we mentioned Edelman and George Smith. But they're the ones because they broke in like, the US market. Um, and is it one where these artists would need to break the US market to then be big like they are? So like, does Neo need a, a Drake future or something to now, to now get? I mean, do you, th- do you think that the UK just doesn't have a fondness for R&B? But the thing is, we, we love off LMA and George Smith now, now that they blew in America and come back here. Oh, but so to, I, the, to, I this, to the same extent, that. or... I see that I'm just confused, because, like, wherever I've gone, or, where, like, whoever I hang around with are R&B fans. Yeah. So maybe, but maybe that's just, like, my circle, because I also like R&B. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, maybe yeah, I'm not, yeah. like, my finger's not on the pulse with this one, and that... But I don't know, because we love off, like... Again, I'm talking, obviously, I can't talk outside of, like, the circle that I know and stuff, but, like, I just see people love off, like, Summer Walker, love off uh, Bryson, Party, Tory Lanez, and all of them, and when... Yeah, but those are exactly the same people that I'm talking that like Georgia Smith and LMA, though. Yeah. So, like, maybe those are just people that like R&B, and maybe that's not as big. Because if you look at, I don't know, UK genres, they're all a bit, like, faster than R&B. That is true. That is true. Maybe, yeah, that might be it. That uh, I mean, it'll be interesting to discuss as well because, like, that might be it. That there's not really a market for it over here. There's definitely a bigger market in the US. But in in general, like for any genre, there's a bigger market in the US just because it's like ten times bigger than. Us. That's true. No, that's true. That's true. And there's more money there as well. That's true. But, yeah, yeah, that is true. But it's like. But the US, they love off R and B, is what I'm saying. Yeah, like, that's true. So they're they're, they're, they're talking about their horoscopes. <laughs> Lying there incense. <laughs> Getting their chakras alive. <laughs> I think the, the rest of the thing was um, we did what does grime mean to you, so we got like, a few people to say what it means to them. Um, and we did a two-page feature on Is Graham Dead? Which it was discussing a lot of the things that you, you said at the start about how um, uh, a lot of the music that's made isn't like strictly Graham nowadays. So, yeah. Um, I mean, to me, I feel like I would probably say it all comes under Graham culture, Yeah. which I means agree. to me that Graham can't die. But yeah, like, that's, that's one of the points that we argue. Mm. But then I don't, because like, there was a period when Graham kind of did that. Like, um, so like, that's actually true. Yeah. That's actually true. But there were people still doing grime. There were people doing grime. Then, like we we forget that like people were still doing yeah. it. Everyone else defected, bro. A lot of people defected. Yeah. But is it still grime music at the end of the day? Like, is is are we just is Black British music synonymous with grime music then? That's so, yeah, so what falls under like 
grime, if you're talking about grime culture, what falls under grime culture from like black British music? So not all black British music is grime, like is yeah, it's grime music. Yeah. If you're talking about grime culture, yeah. What like what black British music is not grime culture? That's the thing. I I would I would put. I'm speaking from like particularly like a London perspective. I would say grime culture and black British culture are synonymous to an extent because I'm not saying that every every black Brit listens to grime. So 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 if like, but I would say that it, it has influenced. It's it's influenced like grime music's influence on like black British music in, is so like far reaching. So if you can't talk about black British culture, if you if you talk about culture, you talk about like, music, arts, that stuff like that. Like if you talk about that part of culture, you can't like separate that from grime because grime was so influential in like the modern black British music scene. But well, that's what I'm saying then. So if like Wiley makes Heat Wave, yeah. Yeah. Is that grime culture still? No. <laughs> <laughs> so is that pop then? That's pop. Yeah, that's pop. That's not grime pop, bro. Heat Wave. That's a banger, you know. Yes, a banger. <laughs> Bangers are stronger. <laughs> I rate that song. It's alright. <laughs> a tiny tempo pass out, is that grime culture? I would say yeah for that one. I would say yes as well, but. I'll say just, yes for that one. Trying to get, and I don't know why that's different to uh, Wiley Heatwave because "Pass Out to Me" is, is still a, basically a pop song. It is a pop song, yeah. but it just um, more heavily, yeah, I don't know, more heavily um, influenced by like the culture, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I guess. I think it might also be because it was such a big moment for for, for black black for British. black British music, because yeah. like, he. I know what's been discussed, bro. Everyone sang that bar with pride, <laughs> <laughs> apart from them ten men living in Scunthorpe, bro. <laughs> Are you saying Scunthorpe? <laughs> I don't even know. Gotta get us cancelled out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's all good Scunthorpe. I love you. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, no, that was a big moment for Black I think, I think it's, it's part of that as well because I don't know how to explain it. It's a weird one. It's like it's weird. It's, it's also like I don't know. If I, with some of these things, it's kind of hard to articulate what I think about it. It's like I need to sit down and properly think about it to come back with like what's up. I've been to meet someone, but like they want to be mad late. It's a Sunday, bro. You want to be mad late, did you say? Mm. How late is mad late? Like seven-ish. Bro, it's working life is a, yeah, a bit of a mess. Sorry. <laughs> Yo, wait. Alright. Seeing as we don't have that much time. Bro, I just need to say... Joker is not that good of a movie. Like, <laughs> you I guys, like I like. You no, guys I, I, I sold I me dreams. 
I think for three same, weeks. I think the same way some people, have people have been casting that <laughs> movie. Bro, I saw someone say it's the best film they ever seen. That guy has only yeah, seen one yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, know, you just don't watch good films because um, I thought it was a little bit anticlimactic. It's just flat. That my, my that was my thing. It's like it's fairly flat. It doesn't lift mm-hmm. at any point. Like, is that the point? Maybe that's the point in it, but that's not what I wanted to see. Yeah, is that the point that it doesn't lift until the end? Because that's when he becomes the Joker. But even at the end, it doesn't really lift. Like even when he. Sh- it does lift, but he's dancing on top of the thing. That's the liveest moment really, in the thing. Yeah, they're playing them in my way. My way? Frank Sinatra. Not the... Not the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Frank Sinatra, my way. That's what they play. Isn't that what they played at the end? Oh, at the end when, when he's he running dancing. around the hall. No, when, he, when he's dancing when he's on, dancing the... on top of the car. Is that how they wrapped up the film? I can't remember. I wish I oh, I thought you were talking about the thing when he's dancing on the stairs. That was the That's the best part of the movie yeah, to me, when he's dancing on the yeah. stairs. But everything else is like, it's just flat. I remember because, you know what, I was going to watch it yesterday. Yeah. And like, Karim called me. Yeah. And he's like, oh, where you on? I was like, yeah, I'm going to watch Joker, but we can, we can link up afterwards. Yeah. Free. And then like, <clears throat> he goes, um, that's a shit movie, bro. <laughs> <laughs> He goes, bro, it's so boring. I'm like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's that boring. I thought it was good. Like, I think it wasn't. It wasn't what I expected because obviously when you see Joker, you expect like a superhero kind of thing. So I was expecting a bit more action, like similar to Dark Knight or Avengers. Or you'd expect to see something like that. I think it was more like a character study of the Joker. Yeah, definitely. Like, him becoming the Joker. Definitely, and, definitely. And I guess it was. I think it was more meant to be like an intellectual kind of thing rather than. But I still found it entertaining. I wasn't bored. But I do also think it was anticlimactic because. Like. I don't know. I spent the whole time waiting for him to become the Joker. It was it was like a gradual thing. It was too gradual, bro. I don't care about the, the dude behind the Joker. Like, <laughs> if you want to make a movie like that, I, I don't understand why. Firstly, a movie like that already exists. Which is called Taxi Driver, uh, which is a very similar movie. (laughs) (laughs) Just without, there's definitely not another Joker Joker movie like this. We would know about it. Ah yeah, and Heath Ledger is the better Joker still. Yeah yeah, I I Heath Ledger is the better. But this Joker is way better than fucking Jared Leto. That why was he like wearing grills? (laughs) That's what confused me though. I was thinking, who is this Joker? Like, why is he so like? And he was only in the in Suicide Squad. Was terrible. He was only in Suicide Squad for like five minutes. That's bro. And he was also in um. He was in one of the Batman's like Batman versus Superman or that. Like he's in that for like two minutes or something. Really? I think so. I think he gets arrested or something and like. I mean, all those films are terrible. Yeah, all, all those films are crap, man. You know they're making a new Batman with um. Robert Pattinson or what's his oh, name? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the vampire guy. Yeah. Is it is it the same people that directed Batman vs Superman or that? No, 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 no. It's if, it, yeah, yeah. if it's the same people, it's, good. No, it's <laughs> different. Um, but yeah, no, I went to see that yesterday. It wasn't that good. I thought it was alright, man. I thought it was alright, but yeah, no, people have guessed it. Maybe it's because there haven't been that many good films. Yeah, actually, what have I seen this year that? I've 
particularly enjoy it. I don't even know. I saw it, like it chapter two, but basically, so I saw it chapter one and then chapter two the next day, mm. and I liked it chapter one, but obviously not, that came out yeah. like, a couple years ago. It chapter two is dead. Not dead, but it was not as good. I'm, bro, I'm not a big fan of horror movies, you know. Neither am I. Um, the only reason I work because Vienna works at Cineworld, so she mm. gets free. Um, Who Fiona? Vienna. Vienna. Vienna works at uh, Cineworld, so she gets free free movies and stuff. Like basically, after they close up at midnight on a, on a weekday or whatever. Then they like screen films with the Wait, stuff. Wait, past midnight, they're just yeah, people so just, just in the cinema, just chilling with the popcorn, no, they, watching they, films. So no, midnight is when they close, and then after midnight, then they screen. Like, That's sick, bro. You can watch late night films if you work in the cinema. Yeah. So they screen it for the, and then and they get to bring yeah, part job, part and they get to bring a uh, thing, a guest. So I just roll with her, and they're like, yeah, it chapter two is coming out, so they're showing it chapter one before um so i was like oh, bro, I'm, I'm sure. oh, it wasn't too bad like, i wasn't i wasn't there like terrified or anything like trembling in the seat or anything like it's a scary film but it's not like terrified and there's funny bits as well like so it's not too bad yeah i always used to hate like when girls would want to go cinema <laughs> you scream it? i'm thinking this is not gonna work out well for me like, <laughs> any other thing would be better unless <laughs> they're jumping out my seat <laughs> Oh, oh, you see that? <laughs> but did that not scare you? <laughs> oh, man. Come through, guys. Yeah, everyone come through. Listen, um, tickets available online. Uh, Eventbrite is free. So, you know, you can come for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's um, on Saturday, half six, uh, at Metric, which is uh, at Imperial on uh, Imperial's campus, um, and yeah, come through, man. It's gonna be a vibe. We'll include the link to the tickets. Um, we've got you know really exciting panel. Uh, we've got some dope performers performing afterwards. And yeah, anything else you wanna add, bro? Nah, man. I, I think you covered it. I think like just come. <laughs> <laughs> just come. Just come through. Come through, guys. Um, yeah, and so what should we end with? I oh, know we're gonna end with FBG because I flipping love this song. Um, thanks for listening. You've been listening to Two Gs in a Pod. Uh, catch us on uh, all the socials on Instagram at Two Gs in a Pod, uh, Twitter at Two Gs in a Pod underscore. Uh, what else? SoundCloud Two Gs in a Pod podcast. We're on Spotify. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts. Um, gonna be on YouTube soon. Been saying that for a while, but. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. And we're going to leave you with FBG by Suspect. <laughs> you know you get that out of the say, my nigga, hate your show, but I'm going to fucking stand up. Fucking. I'm going to sign up all my attire. You broke boys over there looking retired. <laughs> Look at them trainers looking all tired. Someone pass me a light. I'm high, but I'm about to get higher.
Feeling myself. 